1: Rice, Chicago! Woo! Three titles in six years, yes, it is worth cheering for Cherry for. Alex Welcome to Museums on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dave Melton, deputy editor and I guess regular podcast host here at Second City Hockey, coming to you on yet another ungodly hot and humid night in the Chicagoland area because apparently we've all moved to the surface of the sun and that's where we're all going to reside now. And with me tonight are my two usual line mates. First up, it is the analytics darling of Second City Hockey, Shepard Price.
0: Hi, uh, I still go for for like five mile runs every two days.
1: Why would you do that to yourself? It's hot. Uh Don't, it's I, know, too hot. I,
0: I know I know it's hot, but like it's I, I get I drank like four glasses of water immediately after and I'm fine.
1: I sweat through like three different outfits a day now.
0: I sweat through one because I run <laughs> and that's it.
1: Must be nice. Also with us tonight is another person who's probably gonna tell me he's been running in the midst of it being a hundred degree heat index every day. It is our site manager, Brandon Kane.
2: Milk was a bad choice.
1: <laughs> There's no way You know I actually in, in college I knew I One of my roommates was a cross country guy And apparently they used to do a milk gallon Mile Where every quarter mile or it's, it's four laps around the track And I think you had to chug a quarter of the You had to finish the gallon of milk Before you could finish the race Wow Yeah <laughs> <laughs> Jesus yeah. yeah. wow. Cross country runners are weird
2: I will say the best trick, though, after you get done running, or, like, before you go, throw whatever T-shirt you're going to wear, like, after you shower or whatever in the freezer, go do your run, come back, take a shower, and then once you put on that, like, cold, cold T-shirt, nothing better.
1: I, I'm i almost, like, I'm almost intrigued enough to give this a shot now. Like, I've had to play softball outside in this weather, and it was – I felt like I sweat off, like, as much as a goalie sweats off during the middle of a three-overtime game with how much sweat it accumulated by the end of it. But uh, sure, a freezer shirt, like, is it still, like – I'm guess it probably doesn't freeze solid, so you can still, like, put it on over you. It doesn't completely become static, I guess. Is that the word? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, right. You'd be fine. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right, so the next time I go running, which – <laughs> I I I, had to, I think I remember talking like back in March. I had like a two week thing where I was running, and then I got a bike, and that was the end of that. So, you you kids in are running, I don't get it. So anyway, I guess hockey things. Uh, we're getting a fair amount of hockey news as the league kind of inches closer to whatever it is we're going to get from a hockey sense uh, in the upcoming weeks and months, and we're going to talk about that later tonight because there's there's been some other chatter going on around the Chicago Blackhawks. And I think – I don't exactly know when it started. I guess you could kind of – it might have started – there was about a week ago, there was an article at The Athletic by Scott Powers, very well-researched and had a ton of information in it. Uh, It was two weeks ago. The article was dated June 25th. and kind of dove into the debate around the Blackhawks logo because there's obviously been a lot of heightened – racial awareness in the united states for the last month i think we can all say that pretty pretty fair right now and so they wrote a lengthy article talked to a whole bunch of people about the Blackhawks logo and the cultural appropriation involved with it and all that there was representatives of the native american community they tried to get people from the Blackhawks. i think all they got was a statement they dove into the history of chief black hawk and the origins of the logo and a whole bunch of stuff and then I think it really picked up steam again last weekend because of what's going on in the NFL where Washington's football team is probably changing its logo because the company that owns its, that has its name on the stadium where they play football has said, you need to change your name. And cultural movements can do a lot and protests and all that, but I don't think anything is going to make someone like Dan Snyder change his mind more than money. Yep. And so FedEx saying you got to change your name, it seems like that's going to happen, and it seems like they're on in the process of figuring that out. So since then, it's kind of trickled back to the Blackhawks, who obviously have a Native American prominently figure. It is their logo, and the, the team name is uh, like through like a couple layers reference to a Native American person. So so there's a lot going on involving all that, and I think that's kind of what we wanted to discuss this evening, just because it's it seems like there, it doesn't seem like it's going away over the course of the last few hours I've been watching. It looks like there's going to be columns in the Chicago sun times and the Chicago tribune discussing it. I imagine over the next few days, it's going to be a thing. Also, I should mention the Cleveland Indians, I think have also been potentially talking about changing their name too. So it seems like there's, it, it always seemed like the Washington Redskins were going to be the first shoe to drop. And if they change their name, then everyone else might start because that was always the one you could hide mind saying, well, our logo logo might be bad, but it's not as bad as that team. So if they change, we'll see where it goes from here. But uh, Shepard, Brandon, if either one of you guys want to chime in first, uh, just want to get your initial thoughts on this whole situation right now.
0: I'll let Brandon go first.
2: Oh boy, I get to go first. It's always seemed like it would be a matter of time before the logo does change, and it's interesting that when you talk about the Blackhawks and this sort of conversation, your mind always goes to the logo and not the name. Mm -hmm. Whereas the other teams, it's always name and logo. Right. To where you could keep the Blackhawks name because rarely do you refer to them as the Blackhawks. They're just the Hawks, right? Right. So your common solution would be keep, the Blackhawks name or just drop the black and keep with Hawks and make it some sort of Hawk logo. Easy fix. Right. Right. Um, but to your point, Dave of, Hey, they have that safety net of we're not as bad as so-and-so. Um, so that's why I feel like it hasn't been changed. And also with the statement that the team released on Tuesday, was uh, that was,
1: day? I, th- I believe it was on Wednesday, which is tonight. It was earlier in the day. Or, no, maybe it was on Tuesday. You're correct. It's- yeah, well, yeah,
2: it was Tuesday. Um, <clears throat> they referenced celebrating the contributions of Chief Blackhawk and other Native Americans more, which to me sounds like doing some sort of display within the United Center and maybe at Fifth Third Arena um, to celebrate the accomplishments of Native Americans and Chief Blackhawk. So it's not a permanent solution that some people want, and it can be viewed as, you know, the adhesive bandage on the situation until other teams start making moves. And then it's kind of a, well, everyone else did, and now it's your turn situation, which also can buy them time to, maybe come up with a new logo and decide where they want to go.
1: Right. Yeah. I think that's, and we were talking about this a little bit before they, before we came on the air here and the, the idea of just like, if, if you want to change the name and it's, you know, if that's what the Hawks decide to do, having a logo in line and having something else, another name to work with would be better than just saying, we're going to change it and then explore it. Cause then it might take, months or god even years if if they just they really decide to drag it out all right years is probably an exaggeration but if you you know came out in front of it and like said we're gonna you form a committee get a new logo get a new name and honest to god the, the one thing that kind of from a it's kind of a cynical perspective but if you rolled out a new logo and a new team name everybody's gonna go buy a bunch of shit right everyone's going to need the new logo and the new shirt and the new hat and new Jersey. So they'll probably make a ton of money just by making a new logo, which again, sometimes that's the only language that sports owners seem to speak. So, uh, Shepherd price, what about you? What are your thoughts on this whole thing? I've never had as much of a problem with the name
0: because like everybody knows that it's named after the military unit, James, Nor- George- James Norris served in. Um, so that like, there's that. And like the, deletion of the space between the two words came sometime in like the 70s or 80s um so that's always been like a part of of the part of our the hockey team's history uh it's never been a part of cleveland's baseball team or washington's football team's history um and so that's that's sort of why blackhawks is a different name in my mind than either of those two um the logo though i'm perfectly fine with them changing it but uh as like like you said we were talking about it before we came on air brandon mentioned that like it's we it's fine if we if they have an idea of what they want the logo to be um before switching that's like when you that's when you would switch is like having that solution present and clear um and there are a few good ideas out there like a like a hawk logo or a military logo um honoring the military uh because again it is named after a military unit um, right maybe track down the original logo of that military unit and use
1: that that's actually it's in the there that it's in that article from the athletic it's very a very plain i mean the logos from World War one I, I think yeah, so obviously not they didn't have a ton of graphic design back then.
0: maybe update that like with a with like yeah. more colors and like the Blackhawks colors um somewhere in that but uh yeah, there's, there's good ideas out there for how to do it.
1: Yeah. Um, I guess there, there's one logo that they keep, I, you see people share around and it's like, it's a, it's a picture of a Hawk and he's got the four feathers, which is a nod to the initial logo. I feel like wearing, even like the four feathers might be, if you like, if you're trying to break from the native American icon, iconography, I can never say that word, native American references in your logo, even the four feathers probably seems like a bad idea. Like if you want to change it to Hawks, it's probably good. But I I think like completely cut ties with all sorts of, with any type of reference to native American culture. Right. I I believe
0: I know what, I believe I know what your logo you're talking about, but I think, I believe that logo was created by a person of native American ancestry.
1: It, yeah, it was, it was someone, I think from, you were talking earlier, it's like a first nations person from Quebec. Yeah. Yeah, and I I saw it, and it's it's not bad. I don't. I personally didn't like it as much. I I feel like there's better things to do with a hawk logo, but just take the hawks logo from uh, Mighty Ducks, take the, those hawks logos, put them on the Chicago Blackhawks jerseys, and and we're good. Or just call them the Chicago Hawks. I don't know.
2: I think but one I, thing I I would like to see the team do is just flat out ban all these morons wearing headdresses to games see, and seen that do do away with that.
1: that. That's part of the problem is that when you have, you, you have the, the native American logo, it just, it, it like, it invites other things to be associated with it. Like guys showing up to games, wearing headdresses. I don't know if they've ever specifically banned that. I feel like you don't really see it anymore. I certainly don't see it as much as you used to. Like guys used to come in and like, head-to-toe Native American outfits, it seemed. And now, like, I can't think of the last time I saw uh, a headdress at a Blackhawks game, which is probably for the best. Right.
0: And the problem yeah. was back then that, like, and not so long ago, that even the goaltender was wearing a headdress to games.
1: Right, yeah. Yeah, it was. It, it did seem like that was always the major component of the Blackhawks' goalie helmet design. I think Jocelyn Tebow had a pretty uh, large headdress designed into his uh, his mask. But, yeah, it's it's such a, a tricky thing. And, like, I, I have to tell you – I referenced this to Brandon earlier today. I have to tell you guys a very quick story about when I realized that there's probably – this just that there's something, like, uncomfortable about it. I don't know if problem is the right word, but it's the moment when I realized that just, just like, for me, I'm like, this this probably isn't right. So, this was game one, 2013 Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, I was with a family vacation in Minnesota. We go – it's up in Leech Lake way north, uh, almost up to Canada. We've gone every year since I've been alive pretty much. So every Wednesday night we go to the casino. That night happened to coincide with uh, game one of Hawks Bruins. So obviously we're going to go to the casino. I'm going to be somewhere at the bar watching the Blackhawks and the Stanley Cup. That casino, I don't know if it's on the reservation or just nearby – but uh, the Ojibwe tribe is very prevalent in in, in and around Leach Lake. I believe that's where their their reservation is. And so there's a lot of people on staff and just a lot of people there who are part of that Native American tribe. And so I remember as we were getting ready to go, like I put on a Hawks jersey and was walking to the door. And then I just stopped for a second. I'm like, do I want to do this? I'm going to encounter... a significant number of Native American people do I want to be walking around with a giant Native American face on my chest and I think like that I'm like I immediately just decided no I didn't want to do that so I went back inside and put on like just I don't even know if I wore any Blackhawks gear I just wore a t-shirt and went to the went to the casino watched the game had a great time because the Hawks won in like three overtimes I think that was the I love shin pads game if I remember correctly but then yeah. at, after the Hawks won, like there was a group, we ran into a bunch of people from the Chicago area. So we were, there was like 20 of us watching this game together. And when the Hawks scored and won, we all went nuts. And I remember there was a guy sitting at the bar and he like, while we were celebrating, I remember he pounded his fist on at the bar and said, Hey, I'm an Indian. And I can't remember exactly how he said it, but I feel like he didn't say it in a friendly manner. Like I feel like, I don't know if he was offended or angry or what, but, Something about that whole night, like as I thought about it days and weeks later, I'm like, yeah, there's there's probably something wrong here. Like if I'm not going to go be around other – if I'm going to be around other Native American people and I'm not going to wear the Blackhawks jersey because I don't want to offend them, maybe there's a problem with that jersey and that logo in general. And I, I for the longest time, I've used all these – the same defenses that I think a lot of Blackhawks fans have that – there's no Tomahawk chop. Like they don't do, there's like no like crowd war chant. I think they stopped Tommy Hawk from using that drum. That was kind of a native American reference. So they've stopped. They like, it's, I guess not as bad as other teams, but it's still not good. So at some point it just like Brandon was saying at the top, like, I feel like it's going to change. And after that whole thing in 2013, I kind of accepted that, yeah, this probably should change. And and maybe I haven't been as vocal, or as adamant about it as other people because it doesn't really affect me much. I'm very, very, very white, painfully so. So I don't have any like adverse reaction to it, but like, if it's, if, if we're already starting with other teams, it's like, might as well get out in front of it and just do it now, make the change, peel the, rip the bandaid off and let's go forward with it. Although the one thing that does kind of piss me off about this is it, and I shouldn't maybe piss me off the wrong word, but it's like, why do it's like sports is the way we're going to mend all these fences. Like another thing we were talking about before we came on the air was how the reason why all these teams probably need to ditch all these native American logos is because of the way native Americans were treated by the United States government. And and anybody that's paid any sort of attention in history class knows that we haven't exactly been very nice to these people. So I, I just, I don't understand why the onus is on sports teams to change everything and do that instead of maybe like do things that will help, help the actual people in native American reservations live their lives. I don't know how changing the logo is going to save their lives. Fair as much know. as, as much
0: as donating money and like yeah. working to raise it's, awareness. It, and... It's
1: it's like, instead of doing actual things that like tangible things that could change your lives, it's like, here, we're going to change this team's name. Now, isn't everything better for you? And it's probably not. And that, right. that and that's what that's, it's a very, I mean, thing to the like, one, like, the one,
0: na- the one name that must change, like that even that I guess would help is Washington's football team that needs to change tomorrow. Yeah,
1: yeah. And that, and that one's going for sure. It's just, it's, it, that, that always wrote me the wrong way that we're going to do this like symbolic gesture instead of like tangible, real things that could help people. But that that's a scope that goes way beyond sports that we don't have time to get into on this podcast. Now, it, it was interesting how, how it kind of like it all rolled downhill. Like, like that article came out two weeks ago and then every like it was, it was felt like it was a discussion on the internet for a day or two. And then it kind of went away. But then when everything started with the NFL last week, it's really taken off from there. And I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to ask you guys for predictions, but does any, has anything changed with you guys? Like I, for the longest time, thought the Blackhawks were going to have to have their hand forced to make this trade or make this move. And I feel like we're a lot closer to that move than we were at any point in my life that I can think of. Do you guys feel like we're closer or is this going to wash over pretty soon?
0: I think we, I think we are closer because people are like actually aware and people haven't stopped being aware since like the beginning of last month.
2: I think it all depends on uh, whatever the hell happens with their president search.
1: (laughs) <laughs> yeah. that
2: hasn't gone anywhere
1: um, that's very true I mean if they if you bring in someone new into the organization who decides you know who who, des- who decides that these changes are something that would be good for the team and can frame it in a way that makes the Wurtz family sign off with it like honestly like I, I still maintain again it, it feels kind of cynical of me to be going this route but if you're the team president you walk in and say hey I can make you a whole bunch of money on fan gear. If we just change the name and everybody will run out and buy all the new shit. Cause you know, they will. So, I mean that, I guess that's one way to, to, to frame it. If you're looking for a way to get the, uh, get the owners on board.
2: And I also, I also think that there's a difference with that in regard to Cleveland and Washington's teams to where those teams will probably change their color schemes. Because you don't yeah. want any like remnants of those old logos like coming into the parks and that mm-hmm. where it, it I find it hard to see the Blackhawks changing their color scheme in a way that those two teams would, yeah, like there's still gonna be people who would like wear old merchandise, and it could be like a thing where you donate old merchandise to like get a discount on new stuff. but
1: Right, right.
2: It just seems like a hard sell that they would just do, like, a complete redo on things.
1: I still maintain the city of Pittsburgh has the best idea with the sports teams where they're all black and yellow. I think that's a brilliant idea, and I wish Chicago had thought of it 80 years ago when sports started, or 100 years ago, whenever. Um, right, but Pittsburgh doesn't have colors. Two ba-
0: yeah, Pittsburgh, and also Pittsburgh doesn't have two, te- two <coughs> baseball teams.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, it, it's – I mean, just – Chicago has two baseball teams? Go to hell. Bro. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I know, I know <laughs> too. I mean, th- who knew about the
0: Cubs? Nobody knew about the Cubs. It was like, all White Sox all the time until like, oh, 2016.
2: Hello. Nothing. I think na- that one thing I that know, I – like <laughs> One thing I absolutely do not want them to do is to take – the tiger Hawk logo from Iowa and just be like, we'll, we'll do this.
1: Oh,
2: all right. <laughs> was, was I don't want Chicago
1: that. Chicago will Hawkeyes. <laughs> yeah, no, that's okay. No, I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like there's, let do something different. You know, I mean, if, like you want to stay, stick with the Hawks. That's cool. I'm sure the Blackhawks have a budget. Hire a graphic designer to make you a really cool logo. Do it as an entire rebranding i i'm sure I'm sure they could find a way i mean they're a professional sports brand I'm sure if John Mcdonough was still on board he would love this idea it's it's an interesting debate I, I still like I'm interested to see where it goes because as as we were discussing earlier like i'm it just feels inevitable at this point and i i like you guys have said it does seem like we're getting close to it but and there's and if they can do it a certain like there there's a good way to handle it too like I don't know it doesn't seem the, the other part of this whole thing is I don't get why people are so tied to this logo I you know I, I, that and it's, like, it's it's a great logo it's been very it's been a lot of fun to watch the players wearing it for the last decade but like if it goes away like it's just a logo it's gonna be okay. There's, I
0: think it might be because it was part of uh, what's been called for like, like the, at least the last fifteen years the best uniform in sports.
1: Yeah, and and I I guess that's part of it too. But I mean, you can make you can still make good uniforms. Like you know, just because you change the logo doesn't mean your uniform has to suck. But they're still going to play hockey. They're still going <laughs> to compete for the Stanley Cup. They're still going to be in the NHL. They're still going to go on have power Jonathan plays Taves. that piss us off. So. I don't know.
2: This this is <laughs> They're still gonna have a shitty power play. It's
1: okay. <laughs> exactly. This, this, this strikes me as another thing that just hanging on to a a thing that just it's it's it shouldn't be that. The people that seem to make it a big deal are not the people that seem that should be making it a big deal. Like it's never Native American people who are making the massive fuss about this. It's they're they're the ones like I feel like they're just very calmly saying. We would like you to change the logo. It's all the people who have no ties to any Native American background in their history screaming at you saying, you're not changing my fucking logo. And I never understood that dynamic.
2: Welcome to meatball
1: land, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got nothing. That's a good way to end that. So yeah, I think we're going to wrap up that segment because I I, I feel like there's, there's not much else to be said there, especially ending on the, the wonderful meatball reference. Well done, Brandon. So we're going to take a little break, and we're going to come back. And on the other side of this timeout, uh, for all the people who wanted to skip past all that debate, we're going to talk about some hockey things because it seems like we're getting closer to real-life actual hockey. And dare I say, I might actually have optimism that we're actually going to – that this is going to work. So uh, we're going to get into that on the other side of this timeout, and I'll tell you why I actually have some optimism. So, uh, yeah, come on back on the other side of this timeout and hear all about it.
0: just go to cars.com. It's magical.
1: Welcome back to musings. on Madison. And as promised before the break, we're going to talk about some hockey stuff now because it feels like it might be happening folks. Um, I I've had slightly more optimism than I've had in recent weeks. And I think it's as we're watching all these sports that they keep trying to do in America and all the setbacks they've had with like, the NWSL and the MLS and the MLB and NBA, like everyone seems to be having problems. And with hockey, they're sending the entire league north of the border where the coronavirus is not as widespread and they're not having as many issues with it as we are in the States. So that has me thinking that this whole thing might work out. And I keep watching sports from other countries already with uh, German soccer and British soccer and a little bit of Korean baseball. So I guess watching hockey from Canada will kind of be part for the course for the way this summer's been anyway uh are you guys getting th- those those feelings at all, or am I just crazy for having this optimism i
0: I think it's gonna happen i whether or not it should happen is a different well, question. yeah, that, that was well, always been a different question
1: yeah yeah, yeah, should's got nothing to do with it unfortunately, nothing to do with any of this for the way it's been, but yeah, so it seems like we're getting some hockey, and as there's been. More and more uh, negotiating between the players' union and the owners. We've got some dates now that they finally hammered out. So uh, this is all a tweet from Frank Cervelli, who's for T- a TSN reporter, I believe. So here's the dates that we've got. July 24th is when they're going to travel to the hub cities. of Edmonton. So for the Blackhawks, that'll be Edmonton. Uh, the exhibition games will start the next day, July 25th. The qualifying, playing around, whatever the hell you want to call it, starts July 30th. So that is three weeks from Thursday, which is the day this podcast will be launched. So in three weeks, we could have a Blackhawks game to watch. Uh, August 9th will be the first round of the actual, quote, actual playoffs. Uh, two weeks later, the second round, September 6th for the conference finals. Stanley Cup could is slated for September 20th. And then the Cup final will be handed out no later than October 2nd. And then there's a whole bunch of things that have to happen between now and then. And Brandon, I forgot to mention this, so I'm kind of putting you on the spot here. Uh, but we know Sunday night there was a bunch of dates that trickled out of the meetings they were having. And I think there's been more since then. Uh, the big thing I think from our perspective is talking about the opt out period for players and how exactly does that work, Brandon?
2: So I believe that is, um, 48 hours after the (coughs) CBA is ratified and voted on.
1: 48 hours?
2: Yeah, after that is done, that there's that period for players to opt out. And then there's no penalty against the players for doing so.
1: That will be the interesting period to watch because there's been some in baseball. I think the biggest name so far is David Price, the Dodgers pitcher. Uh, I guess Mike Trout's still on the fence, and we'll see if that happens. Uh, that would be that would be the equivalent of Sidney Crosby slash Connor McDavid not playing hockey. So that that would that f- might be the
0: that might be the equivalent equivalent of both of them not playing. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's true. He's he's pretty damn good. Um, so yeah, we'll see. Uh, there, there's a ton of information out there if you go to CSN or or excuse me TSN or Sportsnet. Um, they they have a lot of the details. I don't think there's anything else that was really, really surprising. Like the, the opt-out period was a big one. Uh, I saw there the roster. They're going to have I believe 30 skaters, an unlimited number of goalies. Only the only players who are eligible to play in the games are, are allowed to skate with the team. So from a Blackhawks perspective, Ian Mitchell probably won't even be allowed to like black ace his way through these playoff games. Bob McKenzie's report from Sunday night talked a lot about the testing they'll be doing for the coronavirus. where uh, they're going to get a test 48 hours before they get there. And then every other day after they arrive, the results are supposed to be available within 24 hours. Although I know baseball's had issues with that lately. I think the Cubs had to like delay a practice by six hours because their results hadn't come in yet. And then, um, there, there's another section of the protocol that said players who are at a higher risk for developing serious illness. Like I think a uh, shepherd, you were talking about Max Domi has is diabetic and that can make him a higher risk for a serious illness if he gets the coronavirus. So he may be deemed unfit to play and not allowed to play at all. And then obviously they're going to make everybody wear masks whenever they're in the team facility. So and that portion of it, I don't think anything's su- is surprising in there. Um, that's a lot of the legal, all right, Maybe not legal, but that's a lot of the logistical things that have to be done. Um, outside of that, uh, any any other thoughts on anything that stood out about these negotiations or anything?
0: Uh, I saw like a video yesterday of either the like, Washington Capitals or Montreal Canadiens celebrating like a socially distant celebration, and it brought up a question in my mind: How do you check while social distancing?
1: Oh, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like th- like they were talking about with soccer in Europe, like they were going to have socially distanced goal celebrations that hasn't happened. Like, I, right. I think, I think the idea of the, the sport is that you, you essentially have to keep the coronavirus out of the bubble because if yes. it gets inside the league and I, I don't think they're gonna have guys wearing the full fishbowl helmets. So if it gets into locker rooms and it gets into a team, it's probably going to spread on the ice between players and, then, then you're screwed essentially. So that's why it seems like the most the most important round of tests seem like will be that initial one. And then if you can keep everybody, you know, make sure nobody comes into the bubble with I keep using the term bubble. I think I've stole that from the NBA into the hubs, whatever the hell you want to call it. But if you can keep anybody that has the virus from bringing it inside where everybody's going to be that that initial wave, I think then you can probably keep everybody from having keep it from spreading and having to stop or shut everything down. So that I guess that's the initial hope.
0: Then there's another thought in my mind. What if you've banned fighting? Cause that's like the most extended possible, like
1: close interaction you can have. In hockey. True, didn't they haven't they banned bench clearing brawls in baseball, which I never thought they were legal to begin with, but now you're saying you really can't empty the benches and fight each other.
0: Yeah. Like, hockey should not be able – you should not be able to take off your helmet and, like, grab the other person <laughs> with, like, a bare hand, and then your bare hand goes towards their face. That is, yeah, like, that's the exact true. opposite that, of what we want right now.
1: From a from a virus-spreading perspective, that does seem like a very bad idea. Uh, they don't fight much in the po- in the postseason anyway, though. So, I, I guess that's not – Yeah, but, like, there's, there's I mid-fights. Mean, it's usually well, – it's usually at the end of a game when one team's getting blown up by three goals, the other team that's losing tries to, quote, send a message by acting like a bunch of – Uh, assholes for the last five minutes of the game and i don't know if that's gonna yeah i don't don't know if they can take that out of hockey because that just seems like that's kind of the way the game is so
2: like with what Shepard brought up about fighting it's like baseball is doing that with designated hitter of like we're gonna make this universal it's gonna make things easier but that's also like hey we're kind of trying this out like if everyone likes it we'll just be like well everyone likes it we'll make it a like thing moving forward So maybe they can do that with fighting, and then, like, moving forward, it's just like, hey, like, we did it for a safety reason, and now we're just not going to have it be a thing anymore.
0: For a safety reason. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Got to start somewhere, I suppose, right? Yeah. So then, transitioning from all of the logistical discussions to, I guess, like, actual hockey discussions, CSN Chicago... It? No, it's NBC Sports Chicago. That's right. I can't – it'll be back to Sports Channel next year. But, anyway, <laughs> they've been they've been re-airing some of the old uh, Blackhawks games from the regular season, which, again, felt like it happened five years ago. And I actually watched some of the game where they beat the Vegas Golden Knights, which I don't know if you guys remember, they actually beat the Vegas Golden Knights for a change instead of losing to them like it happened every other time they had met. I think this game was from October – November, it was early in the season. I I know it was earlier in the season because Andrew Shaw and Calvin DeHaan were both playing, and I know those two guys haven't been on the ice together since – I I couldn't even tell you one because they both –
0: November, I think.
1: Yeah, they both – November
2: 30th was Shaw's last game.
1: Okay, so they beat Vegas on November 13th, so that must have been the game I watched. And I don't know if you guys remember this game – the first period was just abs- – even the, the second period, too, was just absurd action. Two-on-ones and then a breakaway. There were two penalty shots given. There was at least four on-ice breakaways that happened. The Hawks had a 3-2 to two lead after that period, and if Flurry and Crawford had not stood on their heads, that game would have been 9-8 to eight because they were just – there was no defense being played. And that just kind of reminded me of the way the 2019, 2020 Chicago Blackhawks played is that it was very, uh, very much open season in the Blackhawks zone for it's just players just seemingly materialize out of nowhere. And they're right in the slot with nobody around them, no defenders within 20 feet of them. And they have a wide open golden scoring opportunity at Corey Crawford. That was the Blackhawks hockey. I remember from the last season and it was, I, it wasn't refreshing to be reminded of that, but it was a reminder of what we were going to be seeing should the scene come back next month. So my segue into questions for you two gentlemen is, what else do you remember about the 2019-2020 Chicago Blackhawks? Because right now, all I can remember is really, really bad defensive zone coverage during five-on-five hockey. The penalty kill was good. The penalty kill uh, was good. Thank you for and- some optimism.
0: And that's a result of, uh, A, uh, actually good coaching from Mark Crawford, uh, which is wild because he never did that in Ottawa. Uh, but, again, Ottawa didn't have the players the Blackhawks had this season, um, which is largely effective Brandon Saad being an effective power killer. Um, and so – and David Kampf too, which was weird because you don't think of David Kampf as, as ever being, like, offensively, offensively capable. Um, but he's, he is that on the pe- penalty kill. And then Ryan Carpenter – uh, which like for a million dollars does his, his job extremely well. Um, and what, then that is and what, Murph, Connor Murphy.
1: Yeah, and that's the one big thing I remember from last season that I think we started kind of talking about this either. It was like in February or March, right before the season ended when I think we, we were looking at numbers or something and we realized Ryan Carpenter was a really, really good pickup, like a perfect value signing. He's going to play like third or fourth line minutes. He's probably not going to score more than 15, 20 points in a season, but he's going to be a reliable defensive player that the Blackhawks don't have a lot of out of their forwards. They have plenty right. of guys who can score, but they don't have a lot of forwards that can help contribute on the defensive end. And that lack of two-way forwards was one of the problems with this team. I know the there's plenty of issues to be had with the blue liners they have, but your forwards can play defense too. And the Blackhawks didn't have enough forwards that were either willing or able or both to play defense. And Ryan Carpenter was exactly that.
0: Yeah. And for a million dollars, that's what you need from a million dollars.
1: Yeah. Comparing him to Zach Smith, because I think Zach Smith was okay, but Zach Smith's cap hit is around like three, three and a quarter million. So I felt like Ryan Carpenter and Zach Smith were probably about the similar levels of contribution. Right. But Ryan Carpenter's a third of the cap hit. And as we were learning, with the salary cap not going up next year, the Blackhawks need value players like Ryan Carpenter up and down the lineup, or they're completely screwed. So a guy like Zach Smith needs to—you need more production out of that 3.25 million, or it's not going to work on your roster.
0: Right. And like a guy like Olimata, if he was making like two one or one or one or one and a half million dollars less than he is making right now. Is, is, is a lot like Carpenter then because he is a really good third-pairing defenseman, um, he, and he was, he was also really special on the penalty kill this year. He's just making $4 million, which is not uh, what he should be making.
1: Brandon, what about you? Any, uh, any lingering memories or potential PS- PTSD-inducing flashbacks <laughs> from what you watched from the Blackhawks for the last six months?
2: Um, it's funny you bring up that Vegas game because that was the game that leading up to it, everyone was like, man, like these defensemen aren't putting up any points at all. And then Dehan and Gustafson scored.
1: And Dehan's and just- shot was like perfectly right under the bar. Absolutely like perfect snipe. And he, I remember when he scored that, my thought was, I didn't know he could do that
2: I feel like when he did that, he thought the same thing.
1: <laughs> I mean, he had, he had. A, I, I think it was Alex Tuck was screening Flurry the entire way, so it was like perfectly placed. That as Tuck was skating from Flurry's left to right, the Han shotted back to that to the post on the right, and Flurry never had a chance because he never saw it.
2: Yeah, it was. They had three goals by defensemen in their first seventeen games prior to that game.
1: That's right, and now, and now this is starting to come back to me a little bit—the uh, the scoring drought by the Blackhawks defensemen.
2: And it, it just wasn't like a thing that ended abruptly, and they like went on this run of defensemen putting up points or anything. It was just like kind of a lowly trend throughout the season, uh, which was a little weird to like some nitpicky thing to like look at, but. Whenever, like, they went on a stretch where they weren't putting up points, it was very apparent right. that uh, they, they weren't running things through the back end and setting up their teammates.
0: I mean, but that's, like, the point to the Blackhawks blue line, though, is that they don't have goal scorers besides maybe Adam Boqvist now because Gustafson was bad this season. Seabrook got hurt and was hurt the entire season, apparently. Um, and besides those, those three guys, nobody else on the blue line scores goals.
1: And speaking of Brent Seabrook, I, I, I will commend the guy for his apparent attempt to return to play if the league comes back. the report from Scott powers later this week that Seabrook's going to give it a go coming off three surgeries at the age of 35. I commend the hell out of the guy for trying it, but like th- there's no way, right? Like
0: we don't we, uh, there is a way, but we don't need him.
1: If that, I, if that well, that, that's part experience. of it like I I would I, I, well it's like you want to see him or Olimata, or it's like if he plays I assume if Seabrook comes back in the lineup he's taking the place of either Slater, Cuckoo or Olimata. Mata yeah. if they put Seabrook in over Adam Boquist I'll drive down to the United so I'll drive to Edmonton and be upset I, I don't know where I was going with that I was going to say like right. Jeremy Carlton in the teeth but that's a dumb thing to say so that would be a bad idea of putting Brad Seabrook in the lineup over Adam Boquist. That that's where I would draw the line at. But man, it's a bad
0: idea. It's a, it's a bad idea to put him in over Oli Mod or Slater
1: Cuckoo. It's like he had he said three surgeries. Like it feels like if if you let him not play now, and again, it's it's a very hard thing to talk to. I think any professional athlete, they're like they're the way their minds are trained is to be on the field and not be sitting out watching. So it's hard, it'd be very hard to tell Brent Seabrook no, but those are the hard decisions that are the reasons why people in this business make millions of dollars. So you have to tell Brent Seabrook, look, shut it down, we'll bring you back next season and give his body even more time to recover. And maybe you can tap one or two more productive seasons out of him when he's on the wrong side of 35. I don't have a ton of optimism that that's going to happen because uh, I, I don't know exactly what the the track record is for, for professional athletes at the age of 35 who have three surgeries and try to resume their careers. I imagine it's not good. Also really quickly going back to the Vegas game, before I forget this, I want to mention that Kirby Doc scored a goal in that game. And I think that's when we were all getting really excited about him because he scored, he had four goals and three assists in a five game stretch in mid, in the in middle of November, and then he did not score a – I think he had some massive drought where from game 16 to game 43, so that's 28 games, he had one goal. And then he had another little five-game spurt with one goal and, four, and five assists. And I, I think the whole point I'm making here is that uh, that was one, like our first glimpse of, holy shit, Kirby Doc might be really good and he doesn't belong in the WHL. And then he kind of went away for those 28 games. And then I think in January and February, he started coming back again. And I think that's when the season ended. Out of all the things that we're going to be watching with the Blackhawks when they come back in a month, hopefully, the number, I guess the number two things that I am, have at the top of my list are Kirby Doc and Adam Boquist. I want to see what they look like. And, I know, and maybe there's some step forward that they've taken while they've had the last three months off to kind of digest everything that happened in their debut seasons at the NHL level.
2: Shepard, what are your two things that you're going to be watching for?
1: Goaltending. Okay. Uh,
0: Cause the, I have two scenarios in my head that I want to see play out and one of, and both of them are very good for Corey Crawford.
1: And um, one is Corey Crawford winning the cup this year. And the other one's him winning the cup next year.
0: One is Corey Crawford entering <laughs> playoff. Corey Crawford mode and dragging the Blackhawks to the second round, and the other is Corey Crawford skipping it, and uh, Malcolm Subban like, winning one game, but like the Blackhawks ultimately showing, oh, we need to re-sign Corey Crawford really badly and make that our yeah. priority. Um, and B, uh, can Brandon's side continue to shut down Conrad David in the playoffs?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, we. I wrote an article about depth forwards, and I think I said in the uh, in the two games this year, Connor McDavid against the Hawks did not have a point, which when he's scoring at whatever ungodly pace he scores points at, that's – I mean, two games, small sample size, but it suggests that maybe the Blackhawks are doing something right. I remember the, the first time they played, uh, which I think was back in like October – it was mainly the Taves line that was following Connor McDavid around. Like, you can do the shift chart at uh, Natural Stat Trick, and you can kind of follow along where, well, who was on the ice at what time. And it seemed like it was mainly the Taves line out there with McDavid the first time around. The second time around, which I think was in February, it was the David Kampf line following Connor McDavid around. Now, the interesting part of this will be having watched so many Blackhawks series with Joel Quinville as head coach he would get crazy with matchups. Like, he was, he, he was the guy that would have – if he didn't have the matchup he wanted, his center would win the draw, they'd dump it, and they'd make the line change so they have the proper matchup. He chased matchups all the time, and that was one of the biggest reasons – I shouldn't say one of the biggest reasons, but it was a big reason why the Hawks were successful is because Quinville got them into good matchups. We'll see how much Colleton chases those matchups, but having the Connor McDavid line on the ice against, like, Kane, DeBrinken and Strom sounds terrifying. Because if they yeah. don't if they lose possession of the puck It's over. The, yeah, the defensive prowess of those three is not very good, essentially. So yeah.
0: Brandon, what are your two? Uh
2: the same thing with Saad. and then I wanna see what Connor Murphy does with all of this. Yes. Because he seems very excited to like yes. just be like, No, this is the playoffs for me. I don't care. Like the stats are counting towards the playoffs. So that's how he's viewing it. Like it's his first time, even if it's like in front of no fans, he's like, I'll, I'll take it. However I can get it. Like it counts for me. Yeah. You never um, forget your first so like, time, guys. Yeah. So like good for that guy because he clearly wasn't going to have that in Arizona. Right. <laughs> so, um, and he's just Even like, though
0: Arizona's in the play, I
2: was gonna say Arizona yeah. is
1: in the play in the the play in round, whatever the hell. Yeah, mean.
2: but it's just like I feel like we've talked about this before. He's just a very like guy where you look at him in, like a hockey term, you would want him to be a captain of some sort on your team, right? Yes. And then there's guys that aren't in that discussion, but you're just like you know like that's someone that the team can just market the hell out of because you just know he's a good guy and a good player. And you just like look at him and you're like, yep. Like that's someone you want to, for people to look at and be like, that guy is on my team.
1: And he plays the defensively responsible type of game. That seems like it would be extra important to have in the playoffs. Yeah. Like I feel like Nick Jalmerson when he, cause that, that's always a comparison is that, counter-movie style of play, very Nick Jalmerson, blocks a lot of shots, plays a lot of defense, maybe not the best on the offensive side of the ice, but who cares because he's really good on defense. And whenever the Hawks got to the postseason, number four was such a huge part of what they were trying to do because he was usually shutting down the opposing team's top, top offensive line, and that allowed Keith and Seabrook to not have to worry about defense as much. And then Seabrook's 100 foot stretch passes and Duncan Keith's transition game is what led to a lot of Blackhawks' goals on the other end. So give me Connor Murphy playing probably behind David Kampf's line against the Connor. Or I, th- I think I said that wrong. Give me Connor Murphy with David Kampf as a center playing against Connor McDavid the entire postseason and let's see what happens. If Connor Murphy plays the way that some of us think he might be capable of the Hawks might be able to slow McDavid down a ton, which goes a very long way towards them winning a five-game series. Why not? Why not? I just, I'm excited that we might actually get a chance to see it. Like I, About two weeks ago, I, I think I wrote – it was last Monday, so about a week and a half. I wrote that article about how in the hell are sports going to happen, and I still stand by that article because – I think it was kind of targeted towards the United States. But then when they announced that the United that uh, hockey was going to Canada for its hub cities, I just it's kind of dawned on me over the last 24 to 48 hours, like, yeah, I, I think this might work. So, I mean, don't take my word for it. I am, have absolutely zero medical knowledge. I don't know anything that anybody else does. But just for me personally, I, I have some optimism that this is going to work. So.
2: And it's six- – six games a day so oh 11 a.m
1: oh that's the other it, thing i'm glad it alters
2: east west so it goes and these are all central time so 11 a.m 1 p.m three thirty, five thirty, eight, and 10 p.m
1: i'm gonna have to call off work that first day i'm just gonna <laughs> sit on the couch and just just bask in the glory of of, of hockey I guess because I've i watched plenty of soccer and that's been cool but like and, and you know I have a team in the Premier League but that's like way over in Europe and I kind of got into that like three or four years ago like hockey like this is this is much more of a long-term thing for me so I uh I don't know about you guys but if, if they if they pull this all off I'm gonna I may not leave that I'll need that 12-hour span just, just don't. Even you guys, don't call me, don't text me. I'm gonna be busy.
2: <laughs> and those, uh, those games three and four, um, those are the round robin games. So you can probably like
1: take those off. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good call. I'll. Uh, I, that's, you got to pace yourself. May, hey, I mean, round maybe I'll robin go games for a fun. Maybe that's when I'll throw a shirt in the freezer and go for a run.
2: There you
0: go. There we go. The, the round Robin gives are gonna be fun though, because those are four those are eight really good teams.
1: True. He's he Shepard has a point there. Well, uh I think we've done just about all the talking we probably need to do, so probably time to start wrapping up this year. I think this is episode twenty-three. The Michael Jordan episode or the Johnny LaRue episode, depending on what you want to go. But uh Brandon, I understand you have a question for us.
2: Yes. So <clears throat> full disclosure, stealing this from the um, wonderful I am fat podcast
1: okay Bef- before you go into this is this at all associated with whatever hack Jay Zawoski had for falling asleep at night when it's really hot no because I need to know what his trick was because I need it and I, maybe asking. I'll just have to listen to the podcast and, and find out for myself but they apparently he had some trick that you're supposed to do when it's really hot to help you fall asleep at night all
2: right, I'm interested right. now.
1: Yeah, I'm going to have to go listen. Sorry to interrupt you. Please carry on.
2: So they uh, they tweeted out a graphic, and it is an ice cream truck pulls up, and you only get to eat one. What is your uh, ice cream pick of choice? And I'll drop Ooh. this in our Slack chat.
1: I, I see it. I found the tweet, and I'm looking at it. Oh, man. There
2: are so many good options.
1: Oh, God, there's there's way too many there's twenty nine the options. Question. How do you do this so, Sorry,
0: can you repeat the question
2: you You just have to pick one of the uh the options here there's uh your regular uh you know basically anything there's the little mario face one there's, fudgeticles, uh, uh, there's, oh. there's an ice cream popsicles pops
1: snow cones push pops. The Neo- uh, Neapolitan ice cream sandwich. Oh my god!
2: The firecracker pops. There's, I mean, it's it's a perfect. Uh, oh,
1: know, the bubble bars.
2: Early early July question, you know?
1: It yeah, because I'm like flashing back to my childhood. By the way, uh, while we're all thinking of this, have they been doing like the ice cream truck thing?
2: Yeah. Uh, okay. Scott I King didn't. I didn't know if those were back. Yeah. Uh, the ice cream truck came by his house, and I said are you sure? Like, I feel like they just like know to go visit you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. He tweeted uh, out a picture of him and his son had uh little Spider-Man faces. The today.
1: Flint, the Flintstone pop pushups. Oh my God. You know what? I keep looking at it and I'm it, number 13. Is that Brett, the Hitman hard on it? Yes, I believe so. Okay. Cause I feel like I got the, it's, it's an ice cream sandwich, isn't it? With a WWF superstar on the side of it. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Well, I I feel like I always got the bubblegum bar because that one was only a dollar, and a lot of the other things were like a dollar fifty or a dollar seventy five. And I was only given a dollar whenever this happened. You never had the coins, right? Well, yeah. And plus, I was one of five kids. So my parents, like, we're going to give you a dollar, and you're going to spend that dollar, and that's all you're going to (laughs) get. So I feel like I got a lot of bubblegum bars back in the day. But looking at all these options, I, I have a slightly bigger budget than I did when I was six years old. So I think I'm gonna go with number nine on this list, which is it looks like a a cookie ice cream sandwich. Yes. I think uh, that's, that's I think that's my winner.
0: I have I have two picks on there. That's one of them. Uh the other one is uh the drumstick rip-off, the five.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, that's that's, I, that's I, cool.
0: I, I'm also very simple. I like vanilla ice cream with some sort of chocolate on it, uh and like a little bit of a cone. Of some All sort. Right.
2: <clears throat> my number one play on this is the Strawberry shortcake ice cream bar, and that's another good one. Yeah, which one's this, Brandon? Uh, number eight. Number eight. Oh, okay, Brown. okay. But yeah, I agree with Shepard. Like that drumstick. That is doesn't doesn't get uh, any better than that, really.
1: You know? I, I'm glad you said drumstick because I saw it and I was trying to figure out what the hell it was called, and it was bothering me. And I couldn't <laughs> think of the name of it.
0: And then a, a, a low key shout out to the frozen banana as well. Oh those are those are fantastic.
1: I, I would also uh I I'm sticking with my number one pick is number 9 but I also feel like I'm partial n- number 11 it has got the super mario bar but there was always I feel like our ice cream trucks in northwest indiana always had uh looney tunes characters so I usually got the bugs bunny.
2: Oh I thought you were going to say power rangers or
1: something. Oh no. I don't remember pa- I remember I remember looney tunes and I I would probably get the bugs bunny because well cuz bugs bunny's great. Still is. <laughs> the elite you
2: didn't get an Oscar ice cream. Guy. Huh? An elite
1: ice cream. Yeah, but man, I like I seriously I need an ice cream truck to drive by right now cuz all these things are <laughs> amazing. Holy shit. There's no way any ice cream truck had all these options by the way. Oh, no, not at yeah, all. Yeah. It like ended at 10. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. You're going to get these these 10 things and you're going to like them.
2: Cuz no kid is going to like be able to make a decision in like 5 minutes looking at the 30 options. <laughs> There's no oh, way. yeah. I,
1: I, we can't do it right now, and I'm allegedly an adult. So. Oh. All right. Now I'm hungry again. I already had dinner. It's getting late, and I just want to eat ice cream now. So thanks, Brandon. Hey, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> I need to find where I can get that cookie ice cream sandwich. Someone tweet me. If, if you hear this, oh. you know where I can get this ice cream cookie sandwich at. Please let me know.
0: There are like a lot of places, uh, but... There's some at your local grocery store. There's some at your local gas station. Well,
1: guess where I'm going tomorrow, guys. <laughs> Real question is what would you do Weed for a Klondike out. bar? What about a
0: Klondike puck? What what kind of Klondike bar? Because uh, they have uh, multiple they, kinds now.
1: I I, I had – actually, Brandon, it's funny you mentioned that because I was in Winnipeg five years ago, and I actually went to the grocery, sco- uh, grocery store in Winnipeg specifically to get a Klondike puck, and they had them, and they were wonderful. It was Fantastic. also just – The other part of it is I just wanted to go inside a grocery store in Canada and see what it looked like compared to an American one. And it was disappointingly similar. Womp womp. Yeah.
0: I think that's Canada summed up. Disappointingly similar. (laughs) (laughs) That's
2: Jesus.
1: (laughs) Well, on that note, I, I think we can wrap up this episode. Amusing on Madison. Thank you so much for listening. Stay tuned to SecondCityHockey.com. We're going to do plenty more of our regular season recap and transition into a playoff series preview. Easy for me to say all of those things. Keep, us, keep an eye on us on Twitter. Follow us at it's 2ndcityhockey.com. You can follow Brandon. You can follow Shepard. You can follow me. We're all on there doing things. Well, Sh- Shepherd's kind of on there, kind of not. I understand he's not on Twitter as much. It's probably for no. the best. He's, and everyone in Canada is going to come for you now. All three of our Canadian listeners. Um, so thanks again for listening to this episode. And uh, stay tuned. We'll do some more, more content things. And uh, for Brandon, for Shepard, I'm Dave. Stay safe. Wear a mask. Please, please wear a mask so we can watch hockey. And go home. <laughs>